Welcome to the Christ Walk Podcast. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. Enjoy the message. I am pumped about At The Movies, and it kicks off next week. So I'm looking forward to all of the characters, the free popcorn, the candy, the soda that we're going to have, and how we're going to take a look at the Bible through the lens of some of your favorite movies. So this is not only an opportunity for you and your family, but this is an opportunity for you to get somebody here with you. Invite a friend, a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, a perfect stranger. I invited my cashier at Walmart the other day. So like anybody that you can think of, get them here and There's a a card in the seat near you that you can take um, and you can use that to your advantage to give somebody the information, get them connected, plugged in, and get them here for what is going to be an awesome time over the next four weeks. I'm so, so excited. All right, and so then today is Vision Sunday, and I like to take um, just a few minutes, uh, the first uh, week in November every year. We did this last year. We're going to keep doing this um, ongoing. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, today about kind of uh, a reminder of who we are as a church, but then also kind of where we're headed and why we're headed there and, and what we're going to do. So if you've got your Bibles or maybe you've got a smart device, I want to give you, um, you, can, you can turn with me there to uh, the Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 18. So in case you're unaware, the Bible is organized into these two large sections. You have the Old Testament at the beginning of the Bible. You have the New Testament towards the end of the Bible. And the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call the Gospels. We call them the Gospels because gospel means good news. And the reason those four books in particular are good news is because they tell the story of the life and teachings of Jesus. And so in just a minute, we're going to jump in together in the third one of those books, Luke chapter 18, and we're going to start with verse 18 and read a passage there. But before we do that, um, some of you may not even be aware, but 79 years ago, the Lord placed it on someone's heart to come here to Fernandina Beach and to start a church that would shine the love and the life and the light and spread the hope of Jesus Christ into the city of Fernandina Beach and Amelia Island and Nassau County and beyond. And 41 years after that, I was born. And so that person that started that church, which is this church, started something that people that weren't even alive yet would come to and reap the benefit of and would be a part of. They, they, they felt the call of God in their heart and in their life to, to set out to establish something that was going to be bigger than themselves and that would outlast themselves. In fact, when we go back to 1940, 79 years ago when this church began, the majority of the people that were involved in that effort are no longer here on this earth. They have since gone on to be with Jesus, yet they had hands in creating something, building something, helping to establish something that lived, that outlasted them, and that now you and I, we get to reap the benefits of. 
And in 2020, we're gonna celebrate 80 years as a church. And so that's exciting. And we've got a ton of fun things planned. We're gonna celebrate not just one time, we're gonna celebrate all year long about the goodness and the faithfulness of God and what he is doing and continues to do through this congregation. But you know what? It would be easy for us to think, hmm, 80 years. Well, we've done a great job. Yeah, this is it, man, we've arrived like 80 years. Like, can it get any better than this? And we like look around and we just think, all right, well, here we are. But no, that's not the attitude to take at all whatsoever. Because once upon a time, God placed it in the heart of someone to establish something that so far is going to last 80 years. And I believe that he's called me here to lead this congregation forward and, and turn our attention to the next 80 years right? And, and I got to be honest, like, I don't plan to be the pastor here in 80 more years. So like you guys can, you know, take a, take a deep breath. In fact, like I'm probably not even going to be here in 80 more years should the Lord decide to tear. I mean, I'd be like 118 years old, I think, if my math serves correctly. That's a, that's a lot. Maybe. I mean, I guess it could happen, but I'd be like the oldest dude on the planet at that point. So we're a part of something that ideally is going to last beyond us. So what about the next 80 years? That lets us in on something that it's, it's, it's not about us, what we are doing, that it is not about us, that we are building, we're creating something, we are part of something that is bigger than us and that we are seeking to continue to establish so that it will outlast us and that, that it will be here for our children and our, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and beyond. And that we're not the end, we're just a means to it. And that if we can get ourselves in a position that God can use us to establish something not just for 80 years, but for the next 80 and beyond. And so today I wanna talk to you for a little bit um, for the next few minutes about something that God has just, for the past several months, has just kind of emblazoned on my soul in my spirit. And it's this phrase, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom. And so let's take a look in Luke chapter 18. We're gonna start with verse 18. I'm gonna read a little bit and explain a little bit as I go along. And we're gonna work our way all the way through verse 30 together here today. So Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? All right, so let's stop right there. It says that he was a religious leader. Now, this passage that we're seeing in Luke also is found in Matthew and Mark. These three gospels are known as the synoptic gospels, and they contain a number of similar or, or the same stories, just maybe looked at from a different perspective based on who was writing them. And, and it's from those passages that we know about about this man, that he was a young man. And then Luke, he, this is the only place where it identifies him as a leader, or some translations may say a ruler. So what this does is it establishes the fact that he was a man of some sort of earthly authority and responsibility, that he had a kingdom of his own in this earth that he had been given the responsibility to oversee. And he comes to Jesus and he asks him this question, what should I do to inherit eternal life? 
Because from his standpoint, he had accomplished a great deal from an earthly perspective. He was the kind of guy that you and I would all look at and say, there's someone who's successful. And that he, he had come to assume that, that eternal life was somehow achievable through his own efforts and his own abilities. Because after all, that's how he had established the kingdom that he was over in the first place. And he thought, hey, I'm good at this. I'm seen as a success. Everybody knows me. I'm popular. I've got power. So I'm gonna go to Jesus and say, okay, here's my earthly thing that I'm doing now. What should I do to inherit eternal life? And in verse 19, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. And honor your father and mother. Now, Jesus here is actually setting him up because Jesus' reply is, you know the commandments, but he doesn't start at the beginning of the 10 commandments. He goes deeper into some of the later commandments and he tells him about, you must not commit adultery or murder or steal or testify falsely. You need to honor your father and your mother. All of these commandments had to do with human relationships, the way that we relate to each other be the kind of things that when we fulfill these things, we look at ourselves and we say things like, well, I'm a good person, right? Because we treat other people with respect and and because we're not committing adultery on our spouse and we're not murdering and we're not stealing and we're not lying and so on and so forth, that we would look at ourselves and we would say, yeah, I'm a good person. Therefore, I deserve the gift of eternal life. So that was the position that this man found him in. He looked at himself. He looked at the earthly kingdom that that he had established. He looked at the ways that other people viewed him. And he said, I must be a good person. And therefore, I deserve to have this access to eternal life. In verse 21, the man replied, he said, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. And when Jesus heard this answer, He said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. So he's telling this guy who thinks that he's in charge, that he's a person of authority, that he's successful and thinks that he is deserving of something more. Jesus is telling this guy, look, you you say that you've done all of these things, but you've still fallen short. There's still one thing you haven't done. And the guy's probably like, what do you mean there's one thing that I haven't done? Look at my track record. Look at the leadership that I've established. Look at the wealth that I've amassed. Look at the following that I have. Look at this earthly kingdom that I've built for myself. What do you mean there's something that I haven't done? And Jesus says, sell all your stuff and And then come follow me. That's the thing that was missing right there. Coming and following after Jesus. See, Jesus in that moment, he invited this man to shift his purpose. 
Because up to this point, this man had bought into the lie that that getting the most stuff and having the most power and and creating the greatest following and the popularity and the fame and, and this and that and establishing our earthly kingdom, that that's all that there was. And as long as he was in good standing with his fellow man and he treated people the right way, that then he was deserving of something even more. And Jesus put the kibosh on all of that. And he said, no, that's not how it is at all whatsoever. Yes, you've done a great job over here, but there's one thing that is missing. And so you need to put all of that behind you and you need to come and follow after me. What Jesus was telling him is, look, man, there is more to this life than being in good standing with your fellow man. There is more to this life than the riches and the wealth and the fame and the power And all of those things, while while yes, that can be good in and of itself, it is all for naught if you are not living a life that is fully surrendered unto Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. In verse 23, he says, but when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. He became very sad for he was very rich. In other words, he was unwilling to leave all of those things behind. And do what Jesus was challenging him to do. He was so focused on building an earthly or a temporary kingdom instead of one that was going to last. Instead of one that was going to last. Because the things that he was establishing, the earthly kingdom that he was building, the the authority that he had in place, that when his life came to an end, it was going to stop there. It would not continue. And Jesus is inviting him instead to shift his purpose, to shift his perspective, and to take a step into building a kingdom that is going to exist forever and ever. In verse 24, when when Jesus saw this, when Jesus saw that the man was sad and, and he went away, when he saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? See, everybody that was there, they were looking at that guy like he's the model, like he's the pinnacle. Everybody wanted to be him. Like if we could just be that guy, look, he's, he's rich and, and, and he's young and he's in charge. He's everything that we want to be. He's everything that we should be. Look at how he keeps the commandments. He honors his father and mother. He's not running around on his wife. He's not murdering people. He's not stealing. Look at how great he is. Shouldn't we be like that guy? And everyone's saying if if he can't be saved, if he's not in the right position, then what hope do the rest of us have? In verse 27, Jesus replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. And Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children, listen, for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. What Jesus is saying there is for those of you who've gotten things in the right order, For those of you that have put me and my kingdom in the number one spot, 
Not only will you be blessed in this life, but you'll be blessed with eternal life that is to come. If, if, if you'll get everything in the right order and the right priorities the way that they are supposed to be, then I will bless you here on this earth and I will bless you with eternal life forever. So what Jesus is saying is, is, look, your family, that's not a bad thing to be focused on. It's not a bad thing to be invested in. Your, your job, your extracurricular activities, wealth, and, and all, like that's not bad stuff. But when they take the place of the number one thing, that's when it gets in the way of what I'm wanting to do in your life. And if you would just see that, that for anybody that's willing to turn their back on that and, and let that take second and third and fourth and on down the line place, and you'll put Jesus and, and his kingdom and you'll live for, for him and his kingdom and for the sake of his kingdom, you'll put it in the right spot, then not only will you be blessed now, but you'll be blessed for all of eternity. It's a double blessing that Jesus is offering. And his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said this, he said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some translations say, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago that God is a God of order. And when we get things in the right order in our lives, it positions us to receive the fullness of the blessings that he has for us. So seek first his kingdom. That means above everything else, we put him in first place. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be given to us. That if we get God in the right place, we put him in seat number one, then the result is blessing in our life that our needs are met and we are taken care of. It doesn't happen the other way around. God doesn't take care of us so that we will put him first. We put him first so that he can take care of us. That's how it works. That's kingdom lifestyle. And so the question is, well, how do we do this? Well, it's, it's all about our aim, okay? Because we, we hit whatever we aim at, unless I'm playing golf. Then I'm aiming over there, but I actually hit somewhere over there. But other than that, in every other arena of life, we hit whatever we are aiming at. Think about it. Those of you that hunt, it would be ridiculous for you to have your, your rifle or your bow aimed this way and expect to hit a deer that is behind you this way. But yet, that's how some of us live our lives. We're, we're aimed in a different direction and, and we wonder, well, why didn't we, why didn't we end up in this place that, because our aim was off. Our aim was off. And so if our goal is to be a people that would live for the sake of the kingdom of God, then that is where we have to aim. That's where we have to aim. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Three principles. We're going to talk about AIM this morning. AIM. The first one is, if we're going to be a people that live for the sake of the kingdom of God, the first thing we have to do is attend. Attend. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I got excited when Sunday morning rolled around. I couldn't wait to get to church. 
I was pumped up to know that service was getting ready to happen. We've got to attend. We've got to be excited and energetic, and, and we've got to make this a priority. We can't just show up in this place and be here and act like we're doing God some kind of favor. That's not what it's about. We're not here to check off some sort of religious box and think that, that we've somehow earned something. No, we, we've got to attend. And, and, and what, really what I'm talking about is, is there's intentionality and there's, there's purpose that, that we're, we're planning around it. That when the people of God are coming together to, to worship the Lord and, and to receive from his word, that, that, like, that that's what we're planning our week around. Like we start off, well, we know church is happening on Sunday, so what else is going on? Instead of, well, we'll get to church if there's nothing else better to do. And we're looking for all of these other things. And, 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 and if, if the ball game isn't going on or if the sleep isn't good enough or, you know, whatever, then we got some time, maybe we'll squeeze it into our schedule. No, we build it in. We say, this happens first. That We're glad that this is not something we have to come to. This is something we get to come to. And that we're glad and that, that if we're going to be a people who, who are living for the sake of the kingdom, then we've got to be present in the kingdom and under the kingdom. And we come to this place so that we can get filled up to go out from here and then empty out on the world around us. It starts with us purposefully and intentionally attending and being an attender into the things of God. Second thing is we invest. Not only do we attend, but we invest. It's not good enough just to show up, but we've got to, we've got to lean in. We've got to engage and be involved in what God is giving us the opportunity to do. And there's four main avenues, four main outlets for us to be invested in the kingdom of God. And that is with our time, our talent, our treasure, and our testimony. Our time, our talent, our treasure, and our testimony. With our time, Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15, Joshua is speaking to the people, and he says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That means that when there's services going on, we're here. We've got our time invested when there's small groups going on. We're here. We've got our time invested when there's community outreaches taking place or when there's missions trips, when there's care opportunities that just come up in our neighborhood and we, there's, there's a friend or a family member, or a coworker, or a neighbor or whatever that needs something like We've got our time invested. We've already decided that, that we're going to put our time, we're going to invest it in the things of the kingdom. And when God gives us opportunity that we're going to show up and be a part of what he is doing. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Look, I know people take vacations. Take them. That's healthy. Get away with your family. Invest in that time. Enjoy that stuff. 
Sometimes we have to work. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes stuff just comes up. But when that becomes the rule instead of the exception, that's where things get out of whack. And what's happening is, is there's a generation that's being raised up and they're not seeing mom and dad and the other people that are influences around them put an importance on, on being a part of the church and being a part of the things of God. And so the, the time is going to come when they're going to grow up and they're going to say, well, it wasn't important to you, mom and dad, so it's not going to be important for me. And we're seeing that happen. We're seeing a generation grow up and graduate from high school and turn their back on the church and walk out because mom and dad didn't take the stand that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So we've got to invest with our time. We've also got to invest with our talent. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7 says, this, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames, or some translations say, stir up the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So we're gonna be a people that, that not, only do we, not only do we show up, not only are we, we here with our presence and with our time, but, but we're going to invest our, our talent, the, the skills, the gifts, the things that God has given us, we're going to invest them to make a difference in people's lives for the kingdom of God. We're gonna join a team so that we can serve, use our gifts to advance the mission and vision of the house that we sit under. And we're not gonna let fear hold us back. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. No, if you're afraid, that means it's not from God. God, I don't know. I don't know if God can use this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can stand up there. I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can lead in that way. That's fear and that's the enemy. We're gonna put that to the side and we're gonna step out in boldness and faith and encourage because God has given us the spirit of, of power and love and a sound mind. And we're gonna take those gifts that he's given us and we're gonna use them to make an investment in the kingdom and to serve other people and inspire them to follow Jesus every day. We invest with our time, we invest with our talent. The third thing, we invest with our treasure. Luke 6, 38 says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap, that the amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back, that we've been blessed so that we can be a blessing. We haven't been blessed so that we can build up an earthly kingdom for ourselves. We've been blessed so that we can invest, that we can be a blessing to other people. So we're gonna be generous with our resources to advance the mission and vision of this house. There's something brand new that we're rolling out for 2020 that I'm so excited about. It's called the Kingdom Builders Fund. The Kingdom Builders Fund. And I'm gonna hit the high spots as best I can right here this morning, but just know that there's more information and, and you can connect with us further on our website at thechristwalk.com slash give. You can find out all of the information there. And if anybody has any questions, um, I would love to field those uh, at some point later, so just grab me, pull me to the side. I'd love to talk to you about this and share with you further about the vision that God's placed in my heart. And you're gonna be hearing more about this and these things over the weeks and months to come. But in 2020, we turn 80 years old. And so for the longest time, I felt the Lord impress on me 
that we need in 2020, that we need to set a goal of investing $80,000 into Kingdom Builders' efforts, $80,000. And so, like, that's a crazy number for me to stand up here to say. That's a scary number for me to stand up here to say because that's somewhere between 25 and 30% of our annual operating budget here at the church, just full transparency, all right? And so we're talking $80,000 over and above our tithe. This is not taking place of our tithe. That, that tithe that we return back to God, that's the, the first 10%. And, and this is over and above that, that we would invest. But it doesn't stop with just that $80,000. For the next five years, I wanna add $10,000 a year to that for the goal, which would mean that at the end of five years, we will have invested $500,000 into kingdom building efforts. And here's what that looks like. Kingdom builders focuses on or, or seeks to, to, to um, make an investment in four particular areas. People through developing godly leaders, going on missions trips, engaging in outreach places, which would be investing in and building places of worship partnerships, which would be continuous support of key local, national, and global ministries, and then projects, which would be funding specific Christ-centered initiatives, both locally and globally. And so what King, the Kingdom Builders Fund that's being initiated, ultimately what it's doing is it's consolidating um, a, a bunch of different funds that we've had in the past that people could, could give to and invest in. Things like missions and outreach and benevolence and our building fund, all of those things are being rolled into one. And instead of having all of that out there, we're going to have one fund that people can invest in. And every single year, we're going to set specific targeted goals for what we feel like the Lord is leading us to accomplish in that calendar year. And our main areas of focus for 2020 are going to be in the realm of biblical literacy and advancement, church planting and development, leadership development, next generation, the next generation and their families, and then the marginalized and the under-resourced. And so out of this $80,000 that we're going to invest in kingdom building efforts, 50% of that will stay in-house and 50% of that will go outside the walls of this church. And anything raised over and above that 50% will go outside the walls of this church as well. And so what that looks like for us is here within uh, Christ Walk Church, within this property, we're going to do some upgrades to the exterior of our building and our property to continue to create a place of worship that people will want to attend and that will add value to the lives of those that do. I don't know if, if, if any of you noticed that Queen's Way got paved just this last week, which is a miracle because we called the city earlier this year and asked them about it, and they said, we will never pave that road because it's not a main thoroughfare. The church is more than happy to pave it, but you'll have to pay for it, and you'll have to keep it up. And I'm just here to tell you, if you'll pay your tithes and live right, God will do it. He'll move. And we're talking about like a paved road, like what's that? Yeah, that's a big deal. 
And so what we want to do is we want to create some crushed milling driveways that's going to connect into Queensway and Bailey Road that can better identify how our parking lot is laid out and where you're supposed to park and, and, and look like that, that, there's, that we, we know what's going on here and there's some good stuff going on here and everything that like, oh, this is a place of order and I get it. I'm supposed to drive here instead of just all over the place and craziness, you know, in the, in the grass that, that is our parking lot. So we're wanting to, to put in some driveways in our parking lot. We want to add in some new sidewalks and, and, and uh, uh, redo some of the ones that, that have broken um, and, and are crumbling and everything that, that are soon be going to become like walking and trip hazards and things so that we can create a safe place for our people. We want to add some new exterior lighting fixtures and, and eventually this building is going to need to be painted and, and just some other things like that so that we can continue to build something for the next 80 years. Like where we are right now is great, but this isn't it. There's still more that God has for us, and we've got to last beyond this point. So we're going to invest and steward well the gift that God has given us so that we can be a place that people can come to to hear the message and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ for years to come. In addition to that, we're going to do some upgrades in the design and the decor and, and the technological equipment of our next generation environments to provide even more effective and engaging ministry to children and youth and their families. And we're putting a lot of eggs in that basket because that's who we are going to be for the future. That's who we are invested in and who are go we are going to invest in is, is children Young people and families, they are not the leaders of tomorrow. They are the leaders of today, and they matter right now. And so we want to be sure that we're providing them an engaging, uh, an engaging environments that are, that are ministering to their needs at an age-appropriate level, and that they have the things that they need so that they can receive the gospel in a compelling and powerful way that will be changing, life-changing for them so that they won't turn their back and walk away from the church and say, we were overlooked and overshadowed and outcast and nobody cared about us. We just got the leftovers. We wanna change and make a difference there in those environments. Then finally, we're gonna do a couple upgrades in our techno technological equipment for this space so that we can continue to provide a top-notch worship experience for those that call this place home and further enhance our online presence to be able to reach more of the people of the world outside these doors. So that's all within Christ's walk. But now here's the good stuff. What about outside these four walls? creating some new partnerships, some new projects that we're going to be a part of. And, and the first one of those is, is um, with an organization called The Ark. And ARC stands for um, Association of Related Churches. And so ARC is an association of relational churches working with church planters and church leaders to provide support, guidance, and resources to launch and grow life-giving churches on a global scale. So it's my dream that one day we'll plant a church out of this church another life-giving church. Because I believe that the message of the gospel through the mission of the local church is the hope of the world, hands down. And so I want us to be a people who we're mobilizing people in, in other communities to go and, and, and to, to put life-giving churches where there are none so that people can hear the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what I know. Where we're at right now, we're not able to fund a church plant in and like 
within our own organization. But because that's something that we're believing for down the road, we're going to start sowing those seeds and investing into organizations that are able to fund those church plants now to believe God for what he's going to do through us in the future. Be it a, a campus or an autonomous church or a community center that, that operates in a multifaceted capacity, at some point in the future, we're going to plant a church out of Christ walk, but since we can't do that now, we're going to invest in other church plants and believe God with faith for what he has for us going forward. We're going to invest in an organization called the Bible Project, which is a nonprofit animation studio that produces short-term, fully animated videos to make the Bible story accessible to everyone, everywhere, in their own language. They create 100% free videos, podcasts, and resources that explore the Bible's unified story. And I would encourage you guys, go home, gather the family around the TV or the smart device or whatever, and pull up the Bible Project on YouTube. Their stuff is amazing, and we want to be a part of that. I think you'll really love it, and you'll be seeing and hearing and learning more about that in the months to come. We're gonna to continue to invest in our partnership with the Global Leadership Network, which is a movement of Christians and churches that are maximizing their full leadership potential to impact the world. And over the past two years, the Lord has given us the opportunity to host the Global Leadership Summit, and we're going to continue to do that to mobilize community leaders and, and empower them, equip them to then go out into our community and make it a better place in the name of Jesus. We're gonna partner with an organization called Hope Coffee, Hope Coffee works with local churches in Honduras and Mexico at Current, and they're, they're expanding their um, countries of origin as we speak and are rolling out new projects for 2020. But right now, they're par partnering with churches in Honduras and Mexico to support clean water building and repair projects with the goal of demonstrating in a very real way the love of Jesus to those in need. It's 100% fair trade. All of the money and the proceeds are going back into the communities and the families of the coffee growers themselves. And as a result, they're seeing the growers and their families come to know Jesus Christ, all because churches somewhere in America decided to drink their product. It's amazing. And then not only will you be able to drink it here on Sunday mornings when you come to church and enjoy it, but you can sign up for a subscription yourself. You can buy their products and have them delivered to your house and you can enjoy it at home and support the mission outside the walls of this place. We're gonna continue to invest in our relationship with the Next Level Relational Network, which is run by pastors Matt and Sarah Keller out of Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida that exists to pastor ministry leaders so that they can lead healthy and high-impact churches. And I am a product, our staff is a product of the Next Level Leadership or Relational Network. And, and we're gonna continue to invest in that because we're also investing into church planters. And so we don't want these pastors to go and, and plant a church and start a church and then not have a relational network to depend on so that they can lead a healthy organization. And so the two of those things will work hand in hand. We're gonna create a partnership with an organization called One Hope, which helps children engage with the Bible. And together with churches and ministries, local governments and schools, they present the gospel message to children and youth in a way that they can understand. This life-changing scripture message delivers purpose and hope 
to kids. And they're doing it through this thing called the Book of Hope. Think of it kind of like a comic book that shares the gospel message. And what they're seeing happen is through Bible clubs and schools and, and other areas, they're, they're getting this Book of Hope in the hands of kids. And kids are giving their life to Jesus Christ. And then they're going home and they're sharing the Book of Hope with their families. And their moms and dads and their aunts and uncles and their grandmas and grandpas are getting saved as a result. And One Hope has um, a a goal, uh, this thing that they have in place right now called the 2030 Project. They've got a strategy in place that by the year 2030, they can reach every single child on the planet age 18 and under with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they have other plans in place beyond 2030 to reach every um, consecutive generation within the next 15 years. So by 2030, they will have reached every child 18 and below on the planet. And then by 2045, the next generation. And by 2060, the next generation and beyond. And we can be a part of that because $1 puts the gospel in the hands of three children. So it's attainable for us. We're gonna continue our partnership with Pate Ministries for the children of Ecuador who are reaching and teaching the children Ecuador in, in remote villages of the Andes Mountains, and their families, they're teaching them about Christ so that they can accept him as savior, to grow in him and then lead their own people to Jesus. They're investing in these children so the children will turn around and reach their own people to come to know Jesus as savior. And we're going there next summer. I'm leading that trip. I hope that you'll consider going with me. It's gonna be an incredible time. We're gonna continue our partnership with sharing hope and reaching people or maybe what you've come to know as SHARP, which is a nonprofit Christian ministry here on the island that believes that Christ has commanded us to go and feed the hungry and take care of those in need. They're focused on meeting the physical needs and building relationships with the underprivileged and under-resourced in our community. They're not offering just a hand out, they're offering a hand up. And through a hot meal and some toiletry items, the Lord is using that to provide opportunity for lives to be changed and, and for families to be impacted with the gospel of Jesus. And we're also gonna continue our relationship with Southside Elementary School, which is um, a pre-K through second grade school here in a, that's located in a strategic area of our community on the island. All of our our Thanksgiving food baskets that we're um, a part of uh, getting involved in right now and and, and bringing the supplies for, all of that is going to families that are connected through Southside Elementary School. And and we're believing that the Lord's gonna provide even, even wider doors for us to step through through our relationship with that school. And so what's gonna happen is, is a month from now on December 8th, we're going to give you the opportunity to sow a seed into the 2020 Kingdom Builders rollout with a heart for the house offering. So we're gonna give everybody an opportunity to to make an initial investment there in an offering that we're gonna take up for the end of year. And then going forward, we're going to have pledge cards for you as an individual or as a family to decide this is what we believe the Lord is, is calling us to be a part of and how we want to support the Kingdom Builders in 2020 over and above our tithe. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not asking anybody for money. But what I am asking you to do is to pray and ask God how he would like you to be a part of raising this $80,000 that we're going to raise this next year. 
really what that looks like for us is if everybody raised or brought in, everybody that calls this place home brought $500 to the table. That's what it would take to get us to $80,000. Like for me and Sarah, like we're a family of four. So we've got two kids and like they don't have $500. But the four of us represent 2,000. So maybe we're able to do that or even more. And and the truth is, is that, that some of us, maybe we're not able to do $500, but we could do something. Some of us, maybe we're able to do $500 and a whole lot more. And together, we can accomplish what one of us alone would never be able to. So I want you over the course of the next month, and you'll be hearing more about this as time goes on, but begin praying now and seeking God and asking him, God, how are you wanting to use me? How are you wanting to stretch me, calling me to step out in faith to possibly be a part of this for the heart for the house and in the year to come? Because we invest with our time, we invest with our talent, we invest with our treasure. And then finally, we invest with our testimony. Psalm 96 verse three says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations and tell everyone about the amazing things he does. That means that we're gonna be active in telling others how God is moving in our lives and regularly inviting them to be a part of it. It's not enough for God to just be moving within these four walls if we're gonna keep it to ourselves. We've gotta get outside of here and everybody that will listen, we gotta say, hey, come and be a part of this thing that God is doing at Christ Walk Church. It's adding so much value to me. It's changing my life. I believe that it would change yours too. We need to extend an invitation for them to come and belong so that they can believe and then become everything that God has purposed for them to be. And if we'll attend and we'll invest, here's what God will do. God will multiply. God will multiply. I think about the, the story in the Gospels of the little boy with just the, the lunch of five loaves and two fish. Jesus was out. He was teaching. There was a multitude of people, 5,000 men plus women and children. They were getting hungry. Jesus sent the disciples. He said, go get them something to eat. And they're like, we don't have any food. And so they searched around. And the only thing they could come up with was this little boy's lunch. And to you and to me, it looks insignificant. What are you going to do for 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish? But Jesus took it, as insignificant as it was. He blessed it. He broke it. And he passed it out. The Bible says that everybody ate until they had had their fill and there were 12 basketfuls left over. Here's what I know. Whatever we have, no matter how big, no matter how small, if we'll give it, God will bless it. If we'll give it, God will bless it. If we'll give of our time, our talent, our treasure, our testimony, if we'll just show up and just keep showing up and keep being faithful and keep making the investment, God will bless it. Because every time attendance plus investment equals multiplication. The truth of the matter is, is that the kingdom of God is going to continue to expand with or without us. But the God of the universe has chosen and has invited each of us to take a step to be a part of what he is doing. See, we like the benefits of the kingdom. 
But the question is, will we help to build it? You and I, we love the benefits, but will we help to build it? I just want you to think, what might the Lord be able to do in and through us over the next 80 years if we chose to live this way? What could Christ Walk Church look like in 80 years if we choose to live this way? How many churches could we have planted out of Christ Walk in 80 years? How many children could we have reached with the gospel? How many leaders could we have developed into released? How many those things could happen over the next 80 years if we choose to live this way now? What might our city look like? What might this island look like? What might this place look like in 80 years? When I close my eyes, I can see it. When I close my eyes, I can see people coming to know Jesus in a real and personal way. When I close my eyes, I can, I can see people being baptized in water and going public with their faith. I, I can see people serving. I can see people here and, and, and greeting at the front doors and leading in worship. And, and I can see people serving in our children's ministry and those kids growing up and then turning around and, and greeting at the doors and leading in worship and serving in children's ministry. I can see somebody 40, 41 years from now that hasn't even been born yet taking a step into being the lead pastor of Christ Walk Church or one of the churches that it's planted. I can see all of those things happen. I can see the face of this community changing forever, all because a few people got together and said, yeah, we'll go all in. We'll be people who will live for the sake of the kingdom. What might happen? What might God do? I don't know about you, but as for me and my family, we're gonna serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we're going to be a people that choose to live for the sake of the kingdom. How about you? How about you? Let's see what God might be able to do in all of us together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, I thank you for this vision that you have placed on my heart as the father of this house. God, I pray that you would help me to, to continue to proclaim it and to download it into these people. God, that together we would catch this vision and that we would put you in the number one spot. Lord, that we would seek to, to live for you and for the sake of your kingdom alone. And as we do that, Lord, I pray that you would move. I pray that you would use us, our time, our talent, our treasure, our testimony. God, that you would bring about multiplication. Lord, that we could be a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves and that we could help to establish something that will long outlast any of us for the sake of you and your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you were inspired by the message. For more information, visit www.thechristwalk.com.